Welcome to As Seen on Internet, episode 12. I'm Ben Foster, and for this episode of the show, wanted to share with you something really special uh, that we recorded a couple weeks ago at Social Media Week in Chicago. Uh, for Catchem Digital's representation at this year's Social Media Week, uh, we decided to convene a panel of six different generations, ranging from age 18 all the way up to age 91. And we recorded that, and I thought it was really really funny and I wanted to give everyone a chance to hear it. We're going to have a full uh, video and also write up of the show coming out at our blog, blog.catchem.com. Uh, but wanted to take the opportunity just to share the audio uh, with you, the listeners on this, because it was a it was a pretty funny show, especially the uh, 91 year old uh, who chimed in on everything. So that's going to be uh, what this episode is all about. We'll be back to you soon with news as well as the most amazing Internet we could find. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy the show. How about for an icebreaker, we go, what's your first memory of using a computer or technology? What's your, what's your first memory you have in your mind of, of using a, a computer or technology? Evelyn, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm Evelyn Marsala. I'm 91 years old. Um, <laughs> and the question was the question was what was your first memory of using a technology which one yeah yeah what's the what's what stood out in your mind is like wow this, this this is big the phone on the wall when you cranked it up and you took the receiver and there's somebody else talking on the phone you have to wait till they get off the phone to use your phone. <laughs> That's my first recollection. The, the original chat room. Right. <laughs> That's technology. <laughs> Thanks, Evelyn. Jim. Uh, my name's Jim Litke. I'm 63 years old. And the first thing I remember computer-wise was uh, in journalism school, back when dinosaurs roamed the earth. And I got to my first newspaper job and they had typewriters and I was depressed for about two days and got over it. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. Hi, Kate. Hi, I'm Kate Van Black. I'm 34 and my first memory, my dad used to build computers so we always had bits and pieces of computers around the house. So as a kid, I learned the DOS format and how to boot up a computer and the printer that you had to pull the little strips off the side <laughs> and those we would use for arts and crafts projects and things like that. I mean, it was just part of our, our normal life. So computers are something that literally I, I don't even, I was, before I could even remember um, computers were in my life. Great. Antiquated now, but they were <laughs> in my life. Great. Thanks, Kate. Max. I'm Max Bernstein. I am 25 years old. And the first memory, I think, was uh, using my friend's desktop. It was in their kitchen. Um, it was kind of, it was a big deal, and we sign on the AOL, and it's it's a dial-up. You make a dial noise for us? How'd it go? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, and we're we're doing something, checking emails or surfing the web, and next thing you know, we're getting booed off because I get a phone call, <laughs> and it was just a constant on and off, and it was a, a great memory. Good. Thanks, Max. Hi, Alex. Hi, I'm Alex Sobchak. I'm 21 years old. My first memory is my Dell desktop at home. It was actually in our kitchen as well. And uh, I would save my allowance money from mowing the lawn. And then my dad would drive me to Best Buy on Sunday. And I would buy the new Nancy Drew um, 
CD-ROM, I think they were called CD-ROM games, and then I would sit there and I would sit in front of the computer and I wouldn't eat and I wouldn't get up. I would sit at that computer for like eight to ten hours at a time and I would solve my Nancy Drew mystery CD-ROM games. That's <laughs> great. Thanks, Alex. Hi, I'm Ellen and I'm 18 years old. And my first memory with technology was, so I, would, I had a couple songs that I really enjoyed and my parents, my stepdad was like, oh, well, why don't we burn a CD? And I was like, burn a CD? What, what is that gonna do? So uh, he burned me a CD and my mom bought me my first Walkman. So I remember just always having that jamming around. <laughs> do you remember the songs that were on there? Uh, or you don't wanna say, they're that amazing. A little embarrassing, a little embarrassing. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. So I, I want to know the role, how, how, in, how ingrained technology is in your life, right? So you get up in the morning. We'll start with you, Ellen. You get up in your morning. It's the first thing you kind of do uh, with technology. Where does, it, where does it play a role in your life? Right when you get up in the morning, what, what do you kind of do? Well, my phone charges right next to my head. How, how many? So like a foot away? Like three inches. <laughs> we got to keep a sharp eye. Um, <laughs> And so I usually wake up like 15 minutes before I actually have to like get out of bed. Yeah. And that's like my time to catch up on like nightly Instagram posts. That's like a day. Is Instagram your first thing you go to? Yes, definitely. Most yeah. definitely. And then Twitter. No, Snapchat. Then Twitter. <laughs> and then occasionally I'll check the news. Occasionally. So I like to have a little, some sort of educational value. But yeah, for like what 15 news? minutes. What? what news do you check? Well, I have the New York Times app, so I just kind of go through that, mostly good. following the election. But Does the news come to you through Instagram, through Snapchat, through any of that? Or the New York Times. Snapchat, yes. I look at, well, they have different sort of like, I don't know if you guys know on Snapchat, they have like the little circles. Mm -hmm. I read the Cosmo one. Yeah. It's not very educational, but um, they have some sort of like news feed and going on, on there. So yeah. yeah, I sometimes check that, but mostly yeah. my first 15 minutes of my day is like, First 15 minutes before you brush your teeth. I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. I'm very, like, my mind is still waking up. <laughs> That's great. Alex, similar experience for you? Mm, sort of. So my phone is also charging three inches from my head. Uh, and then I wake up when my alarm goes off, I make coffee, and I get back in bed. I sit on my phone. I check my personal email first, then my work email, make sure there's nothing crazy that I missed while I was sleeping in those precious six hours. And then um, I'll usually go on Twitter. I'll check the Chicago Tribune, the Wall Street Journal, sometimes the New York Times if I'm feeling ambitious. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, or if ABC News has sent me any massive updates, I'll check that as well. Um, otherwise, I don't really check social media until I would say about, well, other than Twitter, but I don't really go on um, Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram until... I have kind of a mid-break in the day, like between 10 and 11 a.m. Got to let the coffee kick in. Too, yeah, right? for sure. Yeah. Or until I, you know, wade through all my my life goals yeah. of the morning. And then, uh, oh, the one thing I do like to check, though, that's my fun time, is I like to check my time hop, because I like to see how annoying I was in high school. No offense. <laughs> your time <laughs> clock. <laughs> your time clock. Your my time, time hop. hop. Time hop, yeah. yeah so it... Yeah. For those of you who don't know what that is, it's oh, yeah. <laughs> it's like Explain time hop for everyone. Evelyn's really yeah. curious. So time hop is you sign up for an account and then you link all your social media accounts. So your Facebook, your Twitter, your Instagram, you can even link it to your camera and your smartphone. And then you get a little notification every morning that says, uh, on, 
<laughs> that would take me all day. Um, <laughs> and then uh, it says, you know, on this day, and it goes back as far as when you have a social media account. So I've had my Facebook for five years, so I get updates as far back as five years ago. Uh, and it'll show me like what I posted on Twitter a year ago, Instagram two years ago, what I had on my camera three years yeah. ago. It reminds me of my ex-boyfriends a great deal. It's great. Max, how about you? Wake up in the morning. When when's the first time you encounter technology in your day, and what what is the what do you prioritize? So I don't sleep three inches from my phone. It's good five inches. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe. Um, so the first thing I check is email, without a doubt. Um, your work, CEO your, loves work your, your work or your personal email? Work. Work email. Work email, um, which is pretty much the same thing, right? Yeah. Um, and so check my email, and then from there, just go on through the day. And while I'm on the bus, I probably check ESPN, New York Times, Google News. Through the app, through discovery on Facebook? How are you getting to those, those news sites? Through the uh, separate apps. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Great. Cool. Kate, you wake up in the morning where your kids get you up super early, right? Yeah, <laughs> if I'm fortunate to wake up in my own bed, instead of, I have a, I have a five-year-old, a three-and-a-half-year-old, and a, a four-month-old. So the uh, four-month-old, uh, very often at that time of the morning, if she wakes up, I'm, I fall asleep again in the rocking chair with her. So if I'm fortunate enough to wake up for the day near my phone, and um, although my phone is always with me because it's my light, my night light at night as well, um, I typically, the first thing I check actually is weather, um, and that's mother's guilt because I have sent my kids to school woefully underdressed, and I try to keep that from happening again. So weather, and then Facebook, um, Facebook or email, uh, one of those, and Facebook is kind of the source where I get my news and anything relevant to me, um, and then, of course, email, which I'm often checking at night because, again, I have a four-month-old, so I'm up several times at night, as it is. Great. Jim, how about you? Uh, I'm lucky because my kids are grown, so I don't have anybody tugging. Uh, and and <laughs> I, first thing I do when I get up, I look at uh, my phone, which is close, but I've got uh, New York Times alerts, uh, Associated Press alerts. I work for the Associated Press. Uh, I look at email quickly, and then I go downstairs and read the New York Times newspaper oh, yeah. for an hour. <laughs> I just literally go cover to cover with about three or four uh, cups of coffee. and. I, if my if my dad did there, I'd be as well informed as anybody on pretty much any topic. Yeah. Uh, and what? then I spend another hour online, following other stuff through. And then it just depends what I'm doing the rest of the day. If I'm working, I'll then move the research into specific yeah. into that area. What does the paper give you personally that the, that the app that other people maybe rely on? What does the paper? It's curated, you? and it's easy to it's easier to access than an app. Yep. It's easier to see if you're sitting there with coffee and yogurt and manipulating all kinds of things. It doesn't so much get in your way. I find it doesn't get in my way. Yep. Um, and I get a pretty quick uh, index of what I need by literally turning the pages. I think there's some things you can't improve. A checkbook, for instance, is pretty hard to improve on. I think everything else we've pretty much improved on, but the newspaper to me is still, especially the New York Times, which I was happy to hear about because that's a phenomenal source yeah. of news. Yeah, great. Evelyn, we know, or I've heard that you have a Facebook profile that you love to text your grandchildren and stuff. Yes, I do. Yes, you do. When, do, when, does, when does technology play a role in your life? Are you on it every day? What are you, what are you doing when you, when you get on it? It doesn't control my life. It doesn't control your life. I don't read the New York Times. <laughs> <laughs> That's number one. I'm through with it by about 10, 10.30. Stop by. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have coffee. <laughs> there we go, for sure. 
Um, let's see. What can I say? Well, I get up in the morning with my husband and uh, do my necessary things. And the first time I get on, on the tablet, no, I don't take the tablet. I use my iPhone. It's a 6G or T. I can't remember. But it's something. What, it's the new, one of the newest the new models. One, yeah. yeah. All right. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> so I uh, go on there to check on my family. They're spread out all over. And to me, the most important thing is check the family. Huh. Make sure everybody's okay. I uh, see whose birthday is or anniversary. And I give a big shout out to everybody. And I have a whole list of all the relatives. And they answer to everybody. Uh, I think it's so important that you don't spend all your time on the technology. And read everything, not only the New York Times. <laughs> Get other people's opinions. Think for yourself. It's important. <laughs> I can't stress that enough. Do you ever read the comments section, Evelyn, on the, what oh, some yes. of the people post on there? What do you think about the comments that people leave There's on a Facebook? Bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot believe what they put on Facebook. The comments, oh Lord. There's one. No. <laughs> There's one that were, uses language. I hope he doesn't have children because he must say those words all the time. That's a shame. Not a very good example. But anyhow, that's my opinion. Yep. Thank you. I want to know I'm what is the... Blessed. No, gosh, no. That was wonderful. I want to know what is, the, what is the number one platform in your generation? If you had to say people in, in my generation couldn't live without... People in my generation couldn't live without what platform? Let's, let's start with Alex on this one. Alex, what, what, is, the, what is the number one platform oh. uh, on, the, on the college campuses? What can't people live without? Um, I'm probably, I, my friends always tell me I'm the worst millennial ever because I, <laughs> I walk downstairs and I get my physical Wall Street Journal in the morning and yeah. I don't use the app. So yeah. I, thank you. Thank you. Um, but, oh gosh, well, my friends, they, I would say, Top two, not just one. Um, Instagram yep. is a huge, um, like if you can, my friend told me the other day she's trying to become Instagram famous. Maybe I should reevaluate it. Where was that on career day? <laughs> exactly. That's what I want to know. I feel like I could accomplish that. Um, and then Snapchat too. Yep. Um, on the weekend, especially if I am just bored and I'm about to go to bed and I go on Snapchat and then there's the stories and I would say I would have easily like the, 50 to 70 stories of yeah. people just like looking overnight people are creating all this content yes yeah <laughs> so I wake up and I see you know yeah. if I if my friend wasn't texting me back I just see if she posted a story and then if I see something with like a strobe light I'm like great now I know why you didn't text me back yeah. so, you know. yeah. <laughs> Max number one platform in your generation mm. I think the number one platform it's kind of a platform but it's more website is the uh, search engine of Google uh, you guys might have heard of it before or something um, so is Google not a social platform I mean, they have Google Plus, um, <laughs> Google which, is, which is pretty social, but I don't know how well it's doing right now. Yeah. 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 Um, 
I mean, it's tough to compete with Facebook and, yeah. and Twitter and Instagram. So Google number one, why is that? What, what is the what makes it the best? I think, um, well, my generation, we I mean, we were the first ones kind of to use a cell phone for for mobile reasons. So it's learning all the time, any place, anywhere, um, and it's it's just constantly um, just right by your side. Yeah, great. Kate, number one platform your generation. Um, we don't Snapchat. Uh, <laughs> why not? No, I mean, I barely know what that is, uh, and I'm only 34. So for me, because of my, because I'm basically a full-time mom, I mean, I would say Facebook is is most certainly my my platform of choice and what I think most people my age would use. If I were, however, for my friends who are um, unmarried, and um, I would say um, Tinder is probably up there. <laughs> so Facebook and Tinder um, would probably be the, the two for my generation. Would you like to explain to Evelyn what Tinder is? No. <laughs> <laughs> Evelyn, Tinder, Tinder is a website where you get pictures of people and you can choose to date them by swiping right or oh, swiping left. It's all I'd need. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, what do you think? Number one, number one platform amongst your peers. Uh, Google would be right up there. Email is pretty important. Yeah. And I don't... I mean, but that's probably more in a functional sense. I think email is a social platform. It was the original Not, social network, right? Yes, it was. Yeah, well, yeah it was. And, and, but that's be only because it wasn't anything better. Yeah. I mean, Instant Messenger has done a lot of that. Yeah. I, I follow uh, two friends on Twitter among the seven people I follow. Yeah. Um, just so we can, you know, there's an easy way to direct message yeah. them and, and not have to, who knows what device they're going to be yeah. at that point in time. Yeah. So um, I would say, I guess Google is also phenomenal because the same reason Max was talking about it. It was, yeah. it was easy access yep. to information quick. If I may, on that, that same note, I would say um, Reddit is huge in my generation yeah. as well. What's that? It's what? hard to use. You go to Reddit, there's upvotes, downvotes, weird links. It is, it's a black hole for your time, in my opinion. <laughs> so it's, it's the sort of thing where it's interesting, it's funny, there's great content, um, but it, it's not necessarily navigatable, and I'm not gonna sit down at a computer and look through funny comments of people because I have three children. So, um, you know, other priorities. But it's definitely something that, um, you know, is it, you have it in a, a separate uh, window open and you read it yeah. while you're doing your work and things like that. But it's yeah. definitely something a lot of people use yeah. and go to. Evelyn, are you uncommon amongst your peers on being on Facebook? Is, is it, are, are people using Facebook frequently? Well, most of my friends are gone. So, uh, I imagine I am, come to think of it. Uh, you know what? I think people should get, stop using all this technology and call on the telephone once in a while. Definitely. I like to hear your voice. <laughs> uh, technology is good if you don't abuse it. No? Uh, yeah, great, great. Ellen, um, number, one, number one platform. It's definitely a toss-up between Instagram and Snapchat. So much that our school actually had to block Snapchat. So but block it. It's it was, so the internet does not allow us to send Snapchats. Huh. But we figured out a VPN code that lets us do it anyway. <laughs> what, um, is what is that? Let's, let's explain Stop. Snapchat to Evelyn. Snapchat? Yeah, okay. Evelyn, please explain. Um, so Snapchat's sort of like texting with pictures, but they only last a certain amount of seconds. So I'll send, say, a picture of me and Alex, 
to my friend, and it'll last for one to ten seconds, and then it'll delete. So, like, you can send them back and forth. Can somebody get it back? Mm-hmm. A hacker? No. I mean, if you, you can if you screen, send a picture you can, of that. Oh, no, you, well. Well, you could. They've been doing it. You could screenshot it. But the the good thing about Snapchat is if someone screenshots your Snapchat, it'll send you a notification saying, Alex screenshotted your Snapchat, which is kind of a bogus thing. So it's text messaging with pictures that disappear. Yes. Very, very think. We think. think. We're not sure. We think, yes. Snapchat's (laughs) probably the biggest thing in our generation. How many snaps a day are your peers sending Oh, I have streaks. What's that? I have streaks. Do you know what Snapchat streaks are? No, explain it to explain. Okay. Um, a Snapchat streak is, so there's emojis next to your person's name, and it'll be how long, how many days, consecutive days you've been Snapchatting. And people take them very seriously. My longest one is 96. But, and I actually had to like. It's 96 consecutive days of, of sending snap- an ephemeral 10-second image to another human. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I actually had a period of time where I wasn't allowed to use my phone. And I was like worried, so I had to give my friend my, my passcode so she could keep all my streaks going. <laughs> so Snapchat, I would say, is probably, they would have blocked Instagram by now if yeah. it was bigger. It was so bigger I'm going to say it. Snapchat's the biggest. Average number of snaps sent in a day, somebody in your generation. How many pictures are you sending out to a day to people? Uh, Ballpark. It. Personally? Yeah. Um, I want to say, like, between 80 and 100. Tweet 80 and 100 snaps a day. Great. And great. How long does that take you? Well, it, I mean, I, I can just, Half a day, a quarter of a day. I just swipe, swipe, and then right at the camera and send. I mean, I would say, I don't, we do it during class and stuff, but I mean, it's more like goofy photos and things like that. Now, your principal is not here, is she? She is. She's sitting right there. <laughs> Busted. Never me. Never me. (laughs) This brings up an interesting topic I want to get a little bit deeper in, and it's around privacy, around how do we think about this data. And I'd love to hear um, different thoughts about it. Now, there's no wrong answer on that. There's privacy is something we all think about differently. So please, I'm going to start with, I think, Jim on this one. I want to start thinking about privacy. And, and concerns. What concerns do you have? What concerns don't you have about the way you're sharing information? I'm, I'm really careful about sharing information because as, well, as a reporter, I know how easy it is to get. Mm-hmm. People would be stunned. And I'm not even, you know, we have, uh, we call it the NERC. It's a, basically a computer research lab. So I can send an inquiry keywords however I want. Mm-hmm. And they will research this with a, you know, a database analysis. It's you yep. know, not as good as the military, but close. Yep. Yep. So I, I try to avoid, you know, um, uh, putting out much of anything other than, you know, what you do as a reporter sure. in a working sense. And I'm always careful about emails. I'm always careful about texts. I'm always careful about pretty much everything because I'm not sure anything ever disappears. Hmm. Right. So, uh, you know, right. and I would, by the way, I, I'd advise that be a really sound strategy. I would think yeah. a lot before I just fired stuff off. We, even, even the most responsible news agency in the world, the Associated Press, we killed Yogi Bear, not Yogi Berra when he died. And so this is, you know, that's thousands of people trying to focus on one thing and we still got it wrong. So I think a lot before I said yeah. stuff. Kate, how do you, th- it, no wrong answer. How do you think about privacy? Do you think about it? 
that hard? Why, why is that? Especially with children yeah. in, the, in the selfie uh, show. So when I first joined Facebook, as, as an example, um, I was very concerned about privacy. And at that time, I didn't have kids. And it was just my husband and I. And we were just living downtown and doing, you know, um, it, there, there was there was really nothing to be concerned about. From I wasn't sharing anything uh, of, of note, but you sort of become complacent once something's no longer new. And I think over the years, then I had I started having children, and I do I do have everything saved as um, as private as in it has to be a friend to be able to see the photos. Mm -hmm. But you know, when you have 800 people on there, it's not exactly private still. And yeah. so um, I. It is a concern. It is something that every once in a while I say, maybe I shouldn't be posting pictures of my kids. And if I don't for a while, my mother will call and say, why have I not seen pictures of my grandbabies? Put them up. <laughs> because and she's relying on this. And she actually a lifeline uses it as, uh, I send her pictures by text, but she likes it on there because then she can comment and she can see, yeah. you know, the relationships with people she knew that I grew up with who comment on something that, you know, there's, so there's a different level of interaction there. And she'll share it on her page so yeah. her friends can see. So that make like you weird? Weird it out a little bit when she can share. I mean, she has like 30 friends, so okay. it's okay. You know, um, they're really, you know, my parents are on there just for the same purpose of keeping tabs on, you know, their yeah. their kids and their family, and it's a way to keep in touch. But um, we, you know, so so it is a concern, of yep. course. Yep. Um, and I think that's probably why I don't do Snapchat yep. and some of those things too, yep. because, you know, I, I, I'm just not yep. comfortable with it. If it's new, it's still. Uh, a le higher level of concern for me. Max, how about you personally, or maybe a story about one of your peers really not thinking about privacy? Like, what to characterize privacy amongst your generation? Yeah, you um, it's it's not as quintessential anymore, but I uh, was given the ultimatum back in the day um, when I was in high school that my parents had to become friends with me. Huh. Um, or I Why would, did what, your I parents would, had to become friends with you on Facebook? Yep. Why so they, they, they can see what I'm doing, who I'm with, um, or what, what girls what I was hanging out with. But or, did they yeah. know that you can block some of them from seeing certain things? They didn't know okay. that. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Bingo. Okay. Um, so it was that ultimatum that kind of made me think about it more, and it was more conscious about it. Um, and also applying to colleges, they also was a threat they were going to get on through some way, somehow, um, and check your pictures to see if you are the right candidate. If you're partying too much, they might not accept you. So. Um, that was a big thing for me. Um, Friends-wise, um, I don't remember anybody getting caught too much uh, posting stuff. Yeah. But I worked for a, uh, a healthcare startup, and we got told yesterday that we're not allowed to like or retweet or anything about our company because of FDA, which is very interesting. So the Food and Drug Administration prohibits yeah. that yeah. type of stuff exactly. that's on there. So, yeah, great. It's interesting. Alex, how do you or maybe others in your generation think about privacy and the data you put out there? in the world? I think it ranges. I definitely have those friends where they will share anything and everything and I open up that snap. Why do they do that? I, mm, <laughs> validation. Validation, social validation. I think so. Because, uh, I, you know, you can go Google social validation and millennials, I'm sure you get a thousand articles about how, you know, it's like the Instagram, how if you get over a certain amount of likes or if your Facebook post or your tweet or whatever and if you feel validated and you feel rationalized if there are people out there, and this may be even better if they don't even know you, and they're um, embracing what you're doing and what you're putting out there in a space. Uh, so I think there's those people where they will just share anything and everything, and then there's people like me where, you know, I like to have my Facebook on private. I don't really send 
I'll send Snapchats, but they're really only to my very close friends. Or if it's on my story, it'll just be kind mm-hmm. of like I Snapchat the merch mark Christmas tree downstairs. Like, oh my God. Um, but, you know, just kind of blase things like that. Or, um, you know, Instagram, like nothing really. I have a brother who's severely autistic and has a lot of medical issues. And I've, I've never posted a picture of him and I just because I am, I am reluctant to share that with the entire world. Ellen, how do you think about privacy? Or maybe a story about I how have, your peers think about privacy. I have a couple. Um, a be, couple. Just first to start <laughs> off, being a person that uses social media a lot, I'm actually very vigilant about the whole privacy issue. Yeah. Because I don't ever want that. What made you that way? Was there a story? Well, um, I came from a suburb called Plainfield, and uh, we had the cheer team. Our cheer team is excellent. We're very good. Um, they all got suspended for like a month of the season because someone wasn't thinking and put up a Snapchat story of everybody. And of course there's I thought those pictures disappeared, Ellen. Yeah, so did they. (laughs) And um, so the administration got a hold of it and it just seemed like in the moment, you don't really think about that kind of thing. And it just Mm -hmm. seems like a really dumb way to lose, like lose time for your sport and stuff like that. Um, Another reason, I think it's, okay, so I think, like, the whole adult, like, especially in a school setting, like, that kind of borderline privacy thing is very, like, important to me. And we were in class, and someone was on Tinder, scrolling through. In we had class. A, we had a student teacher, and I think he was just about to graduate college, and still, I mean, it's like a formal, like, and scrolls left, there he is. The substitute teacher was there. Yeah, and we were like, well... Wow. And of course, he screenshots it, shows everyone, wow. you know, and that just seems like just like yeah. a really easy way to lose something like a job. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like it's really important to maintain that sort of boundary. Sure. That, that is important. Evelyn, maybe, maybe not what you think, but what are your reactions to hearing everyone think about privacy? What, what do you think about I think that? That's very important. Mm-hmm. Why? We've lost so much privacy already yeah. with the cameras and everything. It's... It's something good, and somebody always twists it and makes it bad, which privacy to me is very important. Uh, Yeah, that's great. Everybody start thinking about maybe a question you want to ask. I'm going to get to questions. I got one more question I want to ask everyone. Can I just say one thing? Yes, ma'am, of course. Just one thing. I don't order anything on, on the iPhone or on my tablet. What's that? I don't, because you have to give your credit card, right? Mm -hmm. I don't give my credit card out. They might have it already, for all I know. But uh, I I don't give it out. I go to the store and buy it. Yep. Or I'll order it. Even though you could save all the time? What if they don't have it in your size? Pardon me? What if they don't have it in your size? Or a color you want? If the item at the store isn't the size? They'll order it for me. <laughs> oh, you have that. You know, they'll order it for me. I'll go to the store, and yeah. if they don't have my size, they'll order it for me. And if not, I could do without. Oh. <laughs> That's fair. Um, it's perfect. I want to ask one more question, and then I want to have a quick lightning round where I throw out something, and you guys throw out the first word that pops in your head. And then also, I'm going to open it up for a couple uh, questions. So start thinking if there's a question uh, that you guys want to ask to the panelists up here, a a nice, interesting question, that would be great. Um, So the question I want to ask is, 
you know, lots of us here are marketers. We're trying to sell stuff. We work for brands. We work for companies. I want to know the coolest thing, the neatest thing you've seen a company do recently on social. Could be a YouTube video, could be a Facebook post. Tell me about something cool that you've seen. I think I'll start with, he's ready to jump out of his seat, Max, uh, with something you saw. Tell me the coolest thing somebody did, a brand or a company did to reach people in your generation. What was it, Max? Um, for me, I think, uh, have you guys seen the videos from Dollar Shave Club? Yeah, really cool marketing. I mean, yeah, why'd you like that? Um, I, it was a CEO, I think, who was doing the, um, the videos. I mean, they were just wacky, you know? They weren't about shaving, they weren't about anything, and um, it, was just, it was just awesome to kind of see them in their, in their office kind of just goofing around and, you know, doing nothing for Dollar Shave Club, but, you know, at the same time, it, it caught people's eye. Yeah, and it, it, was, cool. it was definitely buzzing around, so. That's cool. Max had a video. Kate, if I could go to you, what's the neatest thing you've seen a company or a brand do? Well, I'm being so cliche for the young parent generation here, but the, the only thing that comes to mind is um, it was a formula company uh, that makes a formula, and they had a very long video about how every mom does it a little differently, and they had sort of like pitted against each other. So there's like the moms who only wear their babies, and then the moms who have a nanny full-time even though they don't work. And, you know, basically it's the idea of, how everybody judges each other for what, you know, their choices. But at the end of all, they go through all this, one of the strollers starts rolling down the hill and everybody runs after it. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter how you parent in this, it's all about the kid and yeah. their safety. And, you know, so, you know, the journey is not necessarily yeah. the same as the destination. And that um, was impactful to me just because it's relevant to yeah. me. Who was the um, company? Do you remember the company? Yeah, uh, I do. It was um, Infomel. Nice. So, and I hope I got that right because it could have been something else. But um, <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure it was. But that was, you know, it was relevant to me, and so it yeah. caught my eye. And that's that's just the stage yeah. that I'm in. Yeah. Jim, last thing you see uh, a company or brand do on social media? Oh, nothing. Nothing. Well, no, nothing I don't. I don't. I'm not on Facebook, and mm -hmm. very few ads make it on Twitter. I mean, I promote it occasionally. Uh, none of those really stand out. I'm, I, the whole migration ad thing is impressive to me. I'm, so my sponsored content, yeah, sponsored so content follows you pretty much mm -hmm. every platform on just about every device. I thought that's fairly impressive, especially if you actually go online and shop. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you do that, it's stunning how quickly yeah. you pick up your profile and, and then just follow you across. Yeah. yeah, yeah, gotcha. Evelyn, do you ever see ads on Facebook, anything stick out in your mind, an ad yeah. that's shown up? You know what I noticed? The first thing when an ad comes on, that little cross, and I hit it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. Why is that? It's just... I, I, no, I don't want to see advertising. Mm -hmm. I don't have that much time. Mm -hmm. So I don't spend all day on, on this thing. Yeah. It's just a means. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's perfect answer. That's perfect answer. It's just a means of keeping track of my family, yeah. mostly. Yeah. And well, Katie, see if she's sick today. <laughs> <laughs> Ellen, what's uh, what's the coolest thing you've seen a brand or a company do on on social recently? Uh, not to bring it back to Snapchat again. But <laughs> I love a good Snapchat example. There's no, there's no I don't know there. how many of you are on Snapchat, but... Um, I'm going to be on. <laughs> and, uh, and, um, a lot of companies will do filters. So, yeah. like, if you swipe right... What's a like, filter? Explain it for everyone. Filters, like, so when I take a picture of myself, 
maybe there's like a black and white and then sometimes like it'll be like the new Terminator movie and then like you're, it'll be like around your face or something or it'll be like a McDonald's and your head is on a burger. So like, and it's all geographic. So like wherever you are. Can I just say, I met Ellen and five minutes into our conversation. She goes, I'm really surprised there's not a geotag for the merchandise mark. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was like the first thing I was like, let me pull up Snapchat. No, geo filter. You're so upset. Social. You were so upset. <laughs> so I would say a lot of companies, like especially my age, like that's like if that if you want to get something out, make it a filter because everyone my age is yeah. going to see it. Yeah. Any guesses how much a filter costs if a company wanted to pay for it? I think it's over or under a hundred thousand dollars. Over. 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 Yeah. yeah. Over. Alex, last thing you remember, a brand or a company doing cool? Uh, I don't, uh, nothing really, this is so disappointing, nothing really kind of sticks out to me. It's I'm, kind of our job, right, to make something stick out to I you? I know, so. and I just don't, I, I don't find myself, you know, if I'm scrolling through Facebook or Twitter, Instagram, whatever, I almost feel as if, you know, I'm so oversaturated that I just don't, I just tune it out. I'm not even interested. I don't even care anymore. Yeah. Um, I just ignore it. The one, the one ad, traditional advertising I can give you is the Dodge commercial from like, I think three years ago. And it's Paul Harvey doing the voiceover of when God made a farmer and they're doing the the montage the and my yeah. grandparents are farmers in Wisconsin and that makes me ball my eyes out every time. And that's the only <laughs> advertising I've ever seen that I've been like, someone get me a box of tissues. It's <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. I want to do something the first time I saw a panel like this done where it's the first word that pops into your head. And we're going to go, we're going to start with Ellen and go all the way down. There's no wrong answer. Just the first word that pops into your head. All right, the first word that pops in your head, I say Facebook. Like. Mom. Informational. My kids. Not much. <laughs> uh, Facebook. Yeah. Communication. Communication, great. How about YouTube? Um, channel. Adele. Video? Same. What was yours? Video. Video. Adele. Kinder Egg Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Kids are obsessed with that Kinder Egg. There's a channel of people opening up Kinder Eggs that gets tens of millions of views. It's the most bizarre thing on the internet. And yeah, every single if kid I knows moment, that. I yes, I'm sorry that. I had to cut you off there. Yeah. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's YouTube. Useful. Useful. Yeah. YouTube. YouTube. Uh, comedies. Comedies. Yeah. Great. Okay, let's go, um, let's go Apple. Banana. <laughs> Play it on Apple, Pink. the company. Pink. Apple. Innovative. Innovative. iPhone. iPhone. Useful. Genius. Genius. Useful. Great. Let's go um, Google. Chrome. Chrome. Interesting. Analytics. Resourceful. Answers for everything. Very useful. Very useful. Love it. All right. Let's stay in the Google ballpark. Let's say Google Glass. What's that? What is Google Glass? <laughs> Google Glass. Uh, eyes. Yeah, the eyes. Failure. Failure. Funny looking. Funny looking. <laughs> Early. Early. Let's explain. Max, could you explain Google Glass to Apple? Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Or go, go ahead. A pair of glasses and basically on the, oh, no. the lens. No. It's a computer right there in front of your face. It's a computer just on your glasses. Uh, no. <laughs> how about how about Apple Watch? Um, 
trendy. Overrated. Um, cool. Everywhere. Overkill. Mm. Apple Watch is a, Apple made a computer you can wear on your wrist like a watch. Enough is enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one final one, one final one, Amazon. Um, my Roku. Roku, yep. Reliable. Convenient. My resource. Resource. World domination. <laughs> Amazon, the online. No way. No way. <laughs> you don't have Amazon Prime? Anyone, anyone, got, anyone got one they oh, want to throw oh, out yes. for <laughs> lightning round? Yeah, Katie. Uh, who's your who is your favorite? Good question. Any social platform, it doesn't matter. Who's somebody we should all kind of go out and follow? Who, who do you think? Who's... Um, I follow Mindy Kaling on Twitter, yeah. and the she's actress, hilarious. Yeah. So you follow her why? Because she's hilarious. Her yeah. tweets are so witty. Who is this? Who is it? Mindy Kaling. Okay. She's an actress. She was on The Office. She was the voice of um, Disgust in Inside Out. She's a popular she actress, has her own writer, show. producer. Okay. Um. okay. Alex, who should we all follow? Who's your favorite follow? Can I, can someone come back to me? Sure, of course, Max. Besides <laughs> all the models, I'd say uh, POTUS. The President of President the United States. States. Why is he a good follower? He's new to, uh, newish to, I knew to Facebook, newish to Twitter. Why, why is it interesting to follow the President? It's just cool to follow him around, what he's doing, what he's interested in. Yeah, okay. Uh, Humans of New York. Well, what's Humans of New York? Uh, it is a photojournalist who takes photos of people primarily in New York and asks them questions, and it's always quite poignant. It's just a little, little, literally a snap of their life, and it's often uplifting, sometimes depressing, but always just insightful. And One out of every two, I'm crying. Yeah, it really does. And he's now also doing uh, trips now in places, you know, like Pakistan and in war-torn countries, and giving people really a glimpse of what it is at, at a, you know, eye to eye level, which we don't get through media a lot of times. And yeah. so it's, it's fascinating. Yeah. Jim, who's a follow? Uh, Paul Krugman, who's an economist. Mm -hmm. New York Times is pretty good. Kanye West, who's going downhill. <laughs> <laughs> Economists are in, hip hop is he, out. He, he was great when he was <laughs> self-absorbed. Now he's, a, I guess, Kim Kardashian. A, yeah. Mm -hmm. Pre, yeah. They have that effect on people. Jesus. Oh, for sure. Look, <laughs> count of Lamar Odom. Evelyn, who is your favorite person to get updates from on social? Not to mention. On social. I'm drawing a blank. Grandchildren. <laughs> your granddaughter. <laughs> My grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Thanks, everybody. Open it up to a couple questions. We can do a questions for a couple minutes if anyone has one. Please be respectful of the audience and, and respectful of the panel, please, if you're asking a question. Hi. Hi, great panel. Um, it, it seems like, you know, every generation has their platform. And I was wondering, you know, what you guys think. Is that a function of what platform was big in kind of like your heyday? Or is it just that you need kind of different things at different stages of life? Yeah. So if I may paraphrase, why is the platform that's preferred amongst your peers, the preferred one? Is it because you, you grew up with it or, or, or is it because you're getting utility out of it? Is that fair paraphrase? Um, Sorry, kid. I'm definitely gonna go with the whole, that's the way we grew up because I know like obviously like in your generation, you didn't grow up with a smartphone and most of the people in mine have had one since the sixth grade. Yeah. So 
I guess we're just exposed to all those applications and and we kind of take advantage of that. So that's why we're so avidly yeah. using them. Yeah. Any builds panel? I would agree. So the smartest person I know said that uh, he thought social media was really good at logistics and not that good at substance. <laughs> What's that? What does he mean by that? Logistics? Well, basically that you can do, you can accomplish hundreds of tasks and with considerable ease, get in touch with virtually anybody at any time. Mm -hmm. And then I got to wonder residually how much of that stuff is good. Like if you go through 200 Snapchats a day, what's, what are you left with at the end of a day? 200 impressions. I, I don't mean it. I didn't mean it as a, oh, no. I'm just saying, I'm not sure. So the yield rate on, on Google, for instance, yeah. a search device is great. Yeah. You want to know something yeah. and you know how to then search after you come up with the search results. You so can, is it going to go away? I have no idea. That'll depend on the audience. I think, <laughs> here's the thing. Since they put a microphone on it, it's even better. Yeah. Do you, how many of you use voice to search as opposed to typing oh. it all in? Siri. All the time. All the time. Yeah. My, my Great addition. then three-year-old daughter, we were walking in a mall and she saw a car parked for a dealership in the mall and she said, oh mom, it looks like their Surrey must be broken. Because she <laughs> thought the Surrey told them to drive into the mall. So that's how I get around because I'll That's say, Surrey, you know, take me to whatever. And so my kids think Surrey is the most, the smartest person in the world. Because if we don't have an answer to something, she'll be like, let's ask Surrey. It's fine. <laughs> um, but the, I think once you become so vested, for example, Facebook, I'm so vested with it. I've been on oh. it for so many years. I have so many photos to transition to Instagram is like, what's the point? Mm. For me, it's redundant because um, there are very few people I know who are only on Instagram and aren't on Facebook. And you can have your Instagram post your Facebook. Do I really care for people to see my photo yeah. twice? Yeah. It doesn't matter. Um, but I'm so vested in it, I'm not likely to switch away. So it's yeah. more like updating it and add-ons to Facebook yeah. as opposed to going away from it. And so I think it does have to do with what you kind of grow into and what is hot when you're at that point, and then you sort of stick with it, at least in my experience. Fantastic. And my niece also tells me that Instagram is for young people and Facebook is for old people. So, oh. Um, yeah. Oh, I got to get off Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> What's the one you have? Tinder, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am, question over here. Sorry. Hi. Um, this has been very enlightening, so thank you. Um, I had a question about your engagement with social causes online. I work for a global uh, service organization, and it's always very interesting to see how different people are engaging. So I just wanted to see, if, lightning round, like how do you engage with social causes online? General, so social causes, so these could be... Excuse me. Everybody know social causes, understand? Great. Social charges. What, think about them with social and, and, and engaging and stuff with them. I think that they can be very useful. I just think that sometimes brands... If you can figure out how to successfully link a hashtag to people actually doing something, I think that you have solid gold. But if all you have is people just hashtagging, you know, save the whales or whatever, um, I don't really think you're going to get anywhere. I also think that um, the use of social media for social causes, so I work at the American Red Cross right now, and one of my jobs, if there's a disaster in our area, is to search um, hashtag Red Cross or hashtag... Um, mm whatever the area is. And in some cases, sometimes people, if they're using their smartphone, that hashtag is the only thing keeping them from sleeping in the yard of their destroyed home because they don't know where the Red Cross shelter is and I can respond to them. So 
I think that it's an amazing, powerful tool. I just believe that you need to be able to make sure it comes full circle. Other panelists, any thoughts on causes? I think it's very easy to be for it to be very superficial. It's, you know, you can like something, but that doesn't make you vested in it whatsoever. So, um, you know, but there, there's things like the ice bucket challenge would never have been so popular if it weren't for social media. Let's explain, do you know the ice bucket challenge, Evelyn? So, no. The Let's explain I, the ice bucket challenge. The idea was that you take this challenge and um, to raise um, awareness um, of ALS. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and oh, you dump an ice that, bucket of ice I saw that. water. Okay, yes, now I understand. And you challenge uh, others. And if, right. the, if someone that you challenge does not take that challenge and do the ice bucket, then they're asked to donate $100 um, to the organization. So without social media, things like that would not have been possible because what are you going to do? Like, uh, you know, just tell someone I dumped a bucket of ice water on my head. It was really <laughs> cold. Now you do it or pay $100. You'll be like, you're insane. But, you know, to have it in that public forum like that, and you can actually see people's reactions, and it's funny. You know, things like that that capture the essence of social media, I think, do really well. Um, but otherwise, it, just a simple, you know, um, information online that you like or you share, you, you don't, you're not invested in the same way as you would as if you were physically going and volunteering to help an effort or something to that end. So. Any other builds? I agree with her. Um, I think the ALS challenge was incredible. I mean, it's tough to do to find everybody from all generations to go on board and, and participate. Um, but it, is, it was a special event last summer. Um, to piggyback what you were saying, I think it's um, incredible what Red Cross is doing. I don't know if you guys heard about what Facebook is doing with the safety updates. So like what happened in France and Nigeria last night. Um, and people can check in so you can find out if your loved ones are safe or people you know about. I think it's a really powerful tool that they're using. We got time for one more. Oh, Chris. Nope. I'm sorry. Nope. Sorry, Chris. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, man. I got to make it too. Um, it kind of goes off of the like brand loyalty and now platform loyalty, right? You're kind of talking about that. With Evelyn and Jim, they've adapted over the years, even though they've gotten more responsibilities, and you as well as a mother. Like for the last three panelists, as you kind of have more responsibilities, um, have more going on with family and time becoming an issue. For you. Do you still feel like you'll use the social platforms that you use as much? Do you feel like you'll have to adapt to that? What, what do you think it's going to be for you in 30 years? Yeah, allow me to paraphrase. Let me make sure I get this right. Stage left. Do you think that over the next couple years your use will change as you, as you grow into it? And, and maybe why? Is that fair paraphrase? Yeah. Short term, long term. Short term, long term. Your use. Well, I hope. <laughs> In the long term, I'm not spending all my time Snapchatting because I'll probably have more important things to be doing. Hopefully. So, I mean, yeah, I want to say, I mean, I've definitely contemplated deleting the Instagram and the Twitter, and I'm not really that involved in Twitter as much as I was, say, a year ago. Yeah. So, I guess it is kind of constantly changing, and I feel like it's also about the way you portray yourself on social media. As a teenager, I mean, you're not posting things of, like, a lot of no. substance, as opposed to a mother who, like, that's the way you're, like, you see your grandchildren and that type of thing. So I feel like it's definitely going to definitely gonna adapt in that way and become more of, like, a communication to, like, cool. Cool. that kind of thing. Great. Max or Alex? I definitely, I hope I 
eliminate a majority of the social platforms I'm using after I graduate college and my friend circle diminishes significantly in a good way, not in a bad way. Uh, I just, you know, sometimes even, and it might be because I'm in PR and I'm surrounded by it all the time, but I just find myself feeling so oversaturated and so bombarded. And like you were saying, like you post it on Instagram and then you link it to your Facebook and then you have to pick a filter, but like, what if you want to tweet it? And then like, oh, maybe we can like periscope it while it's happening. No, <laughs> like I just want to sit here and, you know, maybe I don't want to live tweet this session. Maybe I just want to sit here and watch the person talk, but you know, what if I don't hashtag, am I going to miss out on like a connect, a virtual connection? It's just like, oh my God, I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> great. How about you, Max? It's a great question. Um, I think people my age are not as invested into um, social media as much, or if they're not, they're not changing their, their profile picture as much. Um, and they're kind of publishing more content more than just like pictures, yeah. reposting articles, and it's, 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 it's better quality, I'd say. What would you say? And I'm going to add to this, if I may. Since the conversations about technology in addition to social media, uh, for me, at my stage in life, I, I don't go to a grocery store anymore. I use Instacart. Hey. And <laughs> I have it on my phone, and it takes me like a couple days. And if I think of something, if someone says, oh, we're out of milk or we're running low on milk, I add it to my, um, you know, my cart, and then I come back to it two days later. And when we get to that critical mass where I have enough things in my cart that I need, I hit send it to me, and I pay someone four dollars to buy it for me and save me the trip to the grocery store, and they send it to me. And to that end, I also now keep my recipes on something called Plan to Eat, which is a website which I also access. So I go on that, decide what we're going to eat. I'm a terrible cook, so I've got to plan ahead. Do that. Then I do my grocery shopping through Instacart. I mean, Amazon Prime sends me the diapers for the baby. And if I need something sooner, then I do the Amazon Now. And within two hours, I get light bulbs or whatever else. So I, literally, it has. I have adapted these things when because they're available, number one, and it offers conveniences. But... Um, you know, you do change your, your needs. I mean, there was a time where I loved to walk through the grocery store. Now, with three kids in tow, it's a little harder. So, let's go. Maybe just you guys want to close closing thoughts, Jim and Jim and Evelyn. Any closing thoughts in the discussion, the dialogue we've had? Yeah, I would say um, there, that social media is part of technological literacy, but you don't necessarily uh, engage that component. Uh, if you don't engage in that component, it doesn't really limit your, you know, where you go to get your information or your ease of use. I think we well, said adaptability is probably the most important part. I mean, I've, I've probably, you know, uh, Snapchat is basically uh, instant messaging. Sometimes you take a photo and you'll text it to somebody. And the, the Snapchat enables you to do that 50 times because it's quicker and, and, and whatever. So I think eventually what changes is you probably start to favor, I won't say quality, but you'll, you like to, you'll favor experiences. Yeah over many, the few over the many, because you get older, <laughs> there's less of them. Yeah. So uh, I would say, yeah, the, uh, the keep pushing the frontier technologically because it's important to know all those things and how to use all those things that makes life a thousand times easier. Enriching it, I don't know. Uh, I, social media probably works depending on where you are on the spectrum. Yeah. Evelyn, any general closing thoughts based on our dialogue and discussions? Well, every generation has to improve, but and it has to grow. But you guys are losing sight of family. I keep bringing family, but it's so important because as you age, 
you appreciate them more. You, uh, technology is wonderful, and, but don't let it rule your life. My God, I see people going down the street. They don't talk to anybody. They don't know who the heck is passing them by. They're busy with this doohickey over here. <laughs> Thank you so much. If, if I may, one of the things that I'd like to offer is using these things that help you with, you know, grocery right. shopping, for example. With everything. Rather than spending two hours at the grocery store, I can spend that time making baking soda volcanoes with my kids, which they <laughs> right. have wanted to do like every other day. Since but it doesn't it rule time. your fault. Right. So it offers, it's a, it's a tool and it offers right. some great functionality and it is a matter of how we use it. And it different, right. at different stages and different ages, we are using it in different right. ways. But um, it can really enrich your life if you allow it to. But it also can take over your life. Absolutely. Yep. The balance. Yes. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> thank you, everybody. I hope you enjoyed the show we had. Big thank you to the panelists who really opened up. Thank you guys so much for giving us great, honest, and open answers. We really appreciate it. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you guys. Go for it.